Hey, podcaster, Charlie here, bringing you another episode of The Business of Podcasting. In this episode, I'm joined by Adam Jeffrey of Wavelength Creative. Now, this was a really enjoyable podcast to put together. I thought Adam's perspective on podcasting was just really phenomenal. The insights he shares, I think, will be incredibly useful for everyone who has a podcast. Now, specifically, we go through Adam's three P's framework, which is production, packaging, and promotion, which are essential elements of every podcast, but what I found was really fascinating was how he weights his efforts into different areas. Now, my myself, I've often put a lot of energy into promotion. I feel like promotion is often one of the biggest parts of podcasting, and it is, where Adam's opinion is that content needs to be a bigger focus, and that if you're working on one of the bigger shows, that content is the main focus. So, I think if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking about what are the foundations of a great podcast? How do I need to weight my efforts into packaging, promotion, and production? And where do these elements all come together to make my show really shine? So we're going to head over to the episode now. But before I do, please make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever platform you are on. And please, we'd love to get some great reviews from you as well. So let's dive into it. I really think you're going to get a lot out of this. Let's get over to the episode. Welcome to the show, Adam. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. How are you? I'm thrilled, man. I'm so happy uh, we're able to connect uh, from a recent Facebook post and bring you onto the show on some deeper investigation. I can see you're getting up to some really interesting stuff in the podcasting space. So I think you've got a lot to share here. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we're doing some interesting stuff as well. So uh, I'm excited to chat about well- podcasting. Absolutely. There was some pre-conversation that I can't wait to uh, dig a little bit deeper into. But before we get into that, uh, Adam is from Wavelength Creative. And just briefly, can you just give people a description of uh, what you guys do there and what you've been getting up to? Of course. Yeah. So, Wavelength Creative is a podcast agency for brands and businesses. um, And uh, we focus on um, really high quality production of shows and then also helping uh, the clients we work with to promote them um, to, you know, generate to generate passionate and engaged fans. Oh, I love the uh, tagline there. That's a big part of it. Now, previous to this episode, uh, we're having a bit of a, a, I should say, a coy laugh about how so many industries or so many people in our industry, I should say, are particularly focused just on production. Production is a huge thing of what they think about, which is just, you know, sounding and looking good to be realistic. And you were referencing that there's this whole other side to podcasting, which is just getting ignored. Um, And I couldn't agree more, particularly on the growth stuff, but I'd love to hear your take on things. Sure. So, what you're referencing there is what um, we call the three Ps of podcasting. Uh, So, the first one is production. Um, So, you know, producing a really engaging and, uh, you know, the, the storytelling of the show that, you know, it sounds great. Um, all the editing is slick and polished. So, that's the thing that most people think of when they first start um, and first start thinking about making a podcast. Um, the second P is the packaging of your show. Is the packaging of your show. Now, that includes, you know, your artwork, your name, all the metadata, um, 
the intro and outro scripting, your music, uh, you know, the, the kind of the way people feel when they listen to the show. Um, and then thirdly is the promotion. So, that's the third P. Um, and, you know, that's basically getting distributed, getting a show distributed in all the right places. So, you know, being available in all the top podcast apps. Um, that's, you know, promoting the show at launch and then every episode thereafter, you know, you need to promote every episode, um, not just when you launch a show. Um, and then, you know, if you want to go a little bit above and beyond and build a really large audience, um, that also comes down to things like uh, promoting the show with paid advertising or, you know, through partnerships and that kind of stuff. And what we typically see happens is when people first get into this wonderful world of podcasting is they focus really intently on that first P, the first pillar, um, which is production. They just want to create a show. They want the show to exist. And that's great. We need that, right? And that's, you know, one third of the, 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 um, the entire thing. But by focusing so intently on that, we're ignoring the other two P's. Uh, so, packaging, how it's packaged and um, how it's promoted. And, uh, you know, those things are potentially um, more important in some ways than the actual content of the show uh, to a show's success. Um, because, you know, for instance, the packaging of a show is the first thing that somebody sees um, before they click play. So, you might have the best show in the world, but if you've got really crummy artwork or a name that doesn't explain what the show's about, then you may not get somebody to even listen for the first time and trial it. Um, so, yeah, let's um, let's have a chat about these three Ps because uh, I think it's uh, a bit of an overlooked area of the podcast world. I really like this framework because it gives you like that I think they call it 30 foot view. It gives mm-hmm. you a way to be a touchback and break down the areas of podcasting. But I, I want to dig deeper on this because I'm pretty strongly opinioned that I, in your framework, I suspect, or well, from my point of view, that promotion is about 50% of the effort these days. Mm-hmm. I think promotion is probably the most important element of the three you've spoken about from there. How would you weight these three, not from effort, but from of, of I suppose, result, where to put mm-hmm. the work in? Yeah, sure. We weight them one third each. And the reason, you know, it depends on who you speak to about what their opinion might be. I mean, Charlie, you're from a, a marketing background and so you've got a fairly strong uh, uh, inclination to think that marketing and growth are, are the most important. Um, I was recently at Podcast Movement um, in Orlando, Florida. It's the world's biggest podcast conference there's about 3,000 delegates from around the world there. And I was speaking to some people who produce, you know, fairly large shows, um, uh, you know, in the instance of millions of downloads per month. Um, and they are fairly inclined to think that the content is the most important. Um, and so, there's going to be a difference of opinion depending on who you speak to. Um, what we typically see is that you need to f- basically dedicate an equal portion of effort um, to each of these three because from what we've seen um, from a range of different shows across a range of di- a range of different industries, um, each of them plays a really important role and about one third of that uh, that impact. Sensational. I, I, look, I can respect that opinion. It's interesting at the big level where people are paying attention to and, and insights you've drawn there. Would you be able to give us uh, some examples into each of these w- that would highlight, let's say, someone who's doing a good job, so the what a good or a success looks like in each of these, and then on the reverse, what a not-so-good job looks like? What does it look sure. like on the other side? 
Yeah, so of course. Uh, so, I think um, let's start off with... Uh, do, do you want to run through them um, one by one? Because um, I think I can probably give an example of, you know, people who are doing a good job of, of each of them. Um, each show is going to have a different uh, uh, a different strength, um, I think. So, perhaps I'll, I'll start with um, the production side of things, um, the content, the storytelling. So, if we, if we look at production, the first pillar, the first P of podcasting, um, the shows that typically do really well in this area are those that are produced by, you know, big podcast networks, those from, you know, Wondery or Gimlet Media, those from NPR, This American Life, um, those kinds of shows. They, they spend a lot of man hours on building a really polished and slick show. Um, and what they're typically aiming to do is build a really large audience for that show because they want to monetize it with advertising. Now, that's not what everybody wants to do with their show. And, you know, and Charlie, I know a lot of your clients are not trying to, you know, generate millions of downloads an episode um, with the entire population of a country. They're trying to generate a really niche audience within a specific industry so that they can build, you know, rapport, expertise and relationships with uh, with those people. Um, but we typically see the big shows with the big production budgets um, being those that focus highly on, uh, on, on the production side of things. So, some examples are, you know, Serial, um, Reply All is a technology show from Gimlet Media, Radio Lab is a really long-running podcast, This American Life. These are shows that, you know, um, have budgets of, you know, a million dollars plus per year potentially to, to create really great content. One that is probably um, a little bit more achievable is uh, is a show called Law. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, L-O-R-E. It's by a guy called Aaron Mankey. And um, he's a, a big proponent of really focusing on the content rather than all the other stuff on, on your show. And, um, and Aaron is a great writer and, uh, and he creates a really compelling show. Um, and he's been able to generate a you know, really great and successful show by focusing on the production quality. So, that's an example of that. Shall we move on to the next one? There's some great examples in there. I haven't heard of that last one, but uh, I'm a big fan of like Ira from This American Life. I yep. think he's a, a genius. I love his content. Um, but I do agree you can definitely feel what they put into the development of their shows. Like some of them are getting to the stage of like TV production level. Totally. Um, and, you know, This American Life, I think, has got like 20 plus producers that work on that show. It's a weekly show and they've got, you know, a huge team. Um, shows like uh, Reply All, I think, are at about uh, six or seven producers. You know, to produce what's ostensibly between 30 to 60 minutes of audio per week. Um, so, the budgets are huge, the teams are massive, um, and that's not really the world that a lot of us um, other podcasters play in, right? That's kind of like the big media side of podcasting. And, um, and what I think we should be doing is looking to those guys for lessons, but not trying to exactly emulate what they do um, because it's just completely out of reach and completely impractical. You know, we can't build up, a, we can't spin up a team of six full-time producers to produce a show for, um, for for one of our clients. They simply don't have the budget or the time or the expertise. Um, but we should take the lessons that, they're, that, that, that they bring us, which is, you know, a focus on great quality production, um, interesting storytelling, uh, focus on characters, focus on emotion, um, people driven stories, human driven stories and um, uh, and of course all the the, the, 
the finesse of, you know, a well-edited show, um, good music and that kind of stuff. So, we take those lessons and then take them to, uh, to the other stuff that we're working on. It actually makes me a little bit excited to hear that, like, uh, This American Life has 20 producers because it kind of shows me, like, how far you can push it, like how far this industry's come. Like, if shows weren't that, like, that weren't investing in that level, it would kind of show a ceiling on the industry mm-hmm. where it kind of gets me going, okay, well, this is – we're probably only going to get bigger from here as we see more shows doing that and listenership's grow. But I think that's some fantastic insights there. So let's go into the second P. Sure. So um, our second P of podcasting, the second pillar is packaging. So this, as I kind of alluded to before, is about um, making a really great first impression. Um, you need to essentially earn that first play of a podcast, that first tap um, on an iPhone screen, that first click on a link. Uh, And so, this is usually uh, encapsulates all of the material, all of the metadata, um, all of the paraphernalia that is kind of beyond the audio itself. So, um, the show name is obviously a a big part of this, a really compelling show name. Um, We often see shows try to get a little too clever sometimes with the name. Um, uh, you know, you try to have a bit of an, uh, an in-joke or something that's a bit cliche um, and it just doesn't make sense at first look, at first glance, what the show's about. Um, a show name that I think is really, really great uh, is a show that launched a couple of months ago. It's called Spectacular Failures and it's about really interesting business failures. They talk about, you know, how Kodak went bankrupt, even though they invented the digital camera. Um, They talk about a Christian-themed theme park that didn't work out. Um, And uh, and so, it's it's this really interesting show, but it really sums up in two words what the show's about, spectacular failures. So, I love that one. Beyond name, we also need to think about things like artwork. This is probably going to be the most important asset um, that someone's going to pay attention to before they click to play on your show. So, you want your artwork to be colourful. You want the text to be really large. Um, We don't want to include things like uh, microphones or headphones on podcast artwork. Um, super cliche, but also like if if somebody's looking in the podcast app, they know that it's recorded with a microphone and they know they listen to it with headphones. So, why do we need to kind of give them a, a cue for that? It's just wasted space. We could be using that with a different visual treatment to, to tell them more about what the show is about. Um, there's heaps of really good examples of, uh, of great podcast artwork. Um, What's uh, what's some that I like? Uh, hang on, let me just um, bring up my uh, my screen here. It's really interesting that you reference that um, because I'm having a giggle about a couple of things here. Like one, I couldn't agree more that I think naming convention has gotten out of hand. <laughs> um, I think some of the shows out there, people make it really hard to have any idea what the show's about and they're probably losing substantial uh, view- viewership or listenership because of it. So, I'm a, I'm a really big agreeer on that. I think uh, in general, we need to get more clear on what it is. Like that's the part that's missing or how it helps someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with you on that. Um, do you want to hear some uh, some examples of, of uh, artwork that I really like? Absolutely. And I'm sure the uh, listeners or watchers of this show will have a look at some of these things if they haven't already. So, reel them away. 
Sure. Um, so, uh, there's one that I really like, and this this is actually paying no attention to the actual content of the show, um, but just on just in a visual sense, um, this is artwork that's uh, that's really great. Um, so, uh, there's one called Good Job Brain. Uh, there's a show called Future Sandwich, uh, which is a show about uh, the future of uh, technology. Um, conversion Cast is actually has is basically just a yellow tile with the words Conversion Cast across the front, um, but it's just really easy to read. The text is uh, quite you know in your face. Um, I love this show called TGIM. Uh, thank God it's Monday. Um, it's produced by Shopify, um, and they're taking a bit of a uh, a funny approach on the Thank God It's Friday movement um, and, uh, you know, Shopify is really all about, you know, helping people to create their own online business. Um, Case File is another really great uh, podcast artwork. Um, there's a show actually we produce called Customer Experience Leaders. Uh, so, I might be a bit biased on that, but I think that's a, a really great example of colourful artwork with a nice kind of um, visual device which brings it to life. And um, there's another one called Comic Confidential. So, those are some examples um, of, of podcast artwork that really sings quite well. I think, though, in general, a good rule is keep it colourful, have the text really big. Um, and that's, you know, probably because uh, often po- people will view podcast artwork on a tiny little screen, right? And uh, and it shows as like a little thumbnail so that the artwork needs to be quite large, uh, the, the Sorry, rather, the text needs to be quite large in order for them to uh, to be able to read it. Um, and you know, if if possible, use some sort of visual device, some sort of an illustration to bring to life what um, uh, what the show is actually about beyond just the words. And then I think. Just to kind of finish up this uh, this second P of podcasting, um, a few other things that are worth thinking about um, and that play a big role are. The other metadata, which is associated with your show, things like your description, you know, why tell tell the listener why they should listen. Tell them why uh, this is a show that's for them. Uh, explain to them what they're going to get out of listening. Quite often we see brands and new show producers alike uh, release a podcast and they put up a tweet or an Instagram post or something on Facebook or even an email newsletter to their dedicated fans and they say, we've got a new podcast, listen here. And I mean, it's great if, if you've got a, a loyal audience of people who are just kind of hanging out for um, what you're about to publish next. But let's be honest, we're all busy. Um, we have busy lives that we lead, we're inundated with media, Um, we spend too long on our phones, we've got too much news to read, we've already got a full list of podcasts, Um, we don't have time to see our friends and exercise and eat well and do a job and get a promotion and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't have time to fit something into my life if it's not good. So, tell me why this is really great. Tell me why I have to listen. So, take a listener-centric approach to um, to your copywriting and your descriptions and your metadata and, uh, and every way you talk about the show. Tell the listener why it's important for them and what they're going to get out of it. Oh, you've just dropped so many nuggets in this middle <laughs> P. <laughs> I really like you've taken the time to understand how the audience or potential audience, I should say, um, is potentially seeing your artwork in the example of like if they're viewing it on a small screen, like colourful and lack of clutter become 
much more important. I think that's a particularly strong point I want to emphasize why I'm bringing it up here for anyone who has a show. And then to your point from here, I think podcasts are the victim of the laziest copywriting uh, in the industry in general. <laughs> show descriptions, show notes, and uh, everything that fits in that sphere uh, doesn't get a lot of attention in most shows. So it's really fascinating um, for you to put the emphasis uh, into that as well. Mm-hmm. And and one thing actually uh, that I think we almost forgot to cover, but is probably one of the most important pieces um, in the packaging um, vertical, is your episode titles. It makes a huge difference um, to write a compelling episode title compared to one that's a bit bland and lackluster. And so, there's some best practices that are really easy to get right with regards to this. So, don't put your um, episode number in your in your um, episode title. Um, there's a special tag that you can now use to shift that data out of your actual episode title and the podcast app will display it in, in another field. So, that's kind of, you know, using up valuable space. Um Unless the guest that you're speaking to is super famous, like Richard Branson, then you probably don't want to put their name as the first couple of words. Um, put that further towards the end. Um, and again, talk about talk to the listener about why you should listen to to this episode. And we've seen huge swings um, in in um, the downloads of particular episodes in you know series that we've uh, produced. Where you know an episode that we felt was maybe not the strongest in 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 the series has got the most downloads because it had a better title than some of the others. Um, and so a good tip is you know adding a adding a question to the episode title is uh, is sometimes actually quite good uh, because uh, you know the the listener needs to actually press play to find out the answer to that question. So you're opening a loop in their mind uh, that they now have to listen to the show to uh, to find out. So um, yeah, always listener centric and always uh, focusing on um, telling somebody why they need to listen. That's almost the best way to come up with your title. Just ask that question you just said there. It's been interesting for me. I've uh, recently swapped the app I use to listen to podcasts personally. I'm actually using Google Podcasts at the moment. I wanted to give it a go purely on the idea that I know Google is doing more in the space and indexing different. So I'm, I'm really fascinated about how they're doing their app. One of the things I noticed though is like how heavy their chop is on titles. Like you pass that character limit early. If you've got really lengthy titles or as you've just prefaced here, one of my favorite shows actually puts the guest name and the episode number. So you you got no idea what the episode's about. The title's not even there. <laughs> yep. Um, but that origin of just reordering uh, the way you format your text could have a massive effect on download numbers. And it doesn't surprise me to hear that making that adjustment with, I'll say, the most appealing title would probably lead the front. So spending more time there, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shall we move on to uh, to the third P? Absolutely. Let's go there. All right. So, uh, our third P of podcasting is uh, promotion. And so, there's a couple of kind of sub-elements to this. One is distribution um, and then the other is actually, you know, the, the, the promotion, the amplification uh, as we call it. Um, and so, let's start with the first part, which is distribution. So, it's 
really important once you've created a great show, you've polished it um, and spent a lot of love and dedication making a great quality storytelling piece of content uh, and you've packaged it well, um, you know, you've got great artwork, great uh, great titles, um, all that kind of stuff. You now need to, you know, get it out to, to people to listen. And there's, a hu- you mentioned it just before, Charlie, there's a huge number of podcast apps out there. And um, what's kind of magical about the podcast industry is that you don't have to listen in a particular place. Um, it is so fragmented. And so, that creates wonderful um, benefits to the podcast community uh, in terms of having an open ecosystem. Um, but it also creates immense challenges in terms of growing a show because your audience could be anywhere. Now, typically, they're on a mobile device. Um, most people are listening uh, on a mobile device these days. We're starting to slowly steep. We're starting to slowly see the uptake of podcast listening on smart speakers, but um, where we really focus our attention is on mobile devices. About sixty percent of podcast listening is done through the Apple Podcasts app. So, Apple Podcasts is still the big dog, has been for a long time, um, and uh, and they have the lion's share of listening. And really, the main reason for that is that the app is pre-installed on every iPhone that exists. And so, actually, in iOS 13, um, Apple is making a change to put podcasts on the first screen uh, of, uh, of a new device um, when somebody sets up a new iPhone as, to, as opposed to being hidden in a folder somewhere. So... Um, just having that app pre-installed makes a big difference. Um, we're starting to now see the increase of uh, listening on Spotify. So, Spotify has just clocked over to about 10% of uh, all podcast listening globally and uh, are continuing to grow. They're making a big investment into podcasting, um, not only promoting podcasts within their app, but also they are um, creating a whole bunch of original and exclusive content that they're running on on their platform. Um, and uh, and Google is the, the, the newest entrant into the podcast game. Um, and there's some really exciting stuff that's coming from Google in terms of distribution, um, which we should look out for over the next 12 months. Um, a bit of a sneak peek from podcast movement is that we're now starting to see um, podcast content surface in Google searches. So, if you open your phone right now and search for elephant podcast, um, it will bring up a range of episodes um, from a range of different shows. You know, one from Stuff You Should Know, another one from some um, National Geographic, I think it was, and a whole range of others um, with episodes that talk about elephants. And so, Google's going to be uh, a really exciting proposition for podcasters to grow their audience. So, I'm getting a little distracted here, but what's important with distribution is it's important to be available in all of the places that people listen to podcasts. And so, that means you need to be on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, um, and then a range of others, um, including Overcast, Pocket Casts. There's a whole bunch um, and... um, one of the benefits of actually submitting your show to Apple Podcasts is that um, they have a uh, the world's biggest podcast directory, about 750,000 podcasts at last count, and um, they make that public so that other apps can basically go and duplicate it. So, if you submit to Apple, you'll get, um, you'll get your show listed in a whole range of others, um, but it's important to make sure you're also listed in Spotify, Google, and, uh, and, and the other ones that um, don't specifically pull from the Apple directory. It's, Google is the one I'm most fascinated about at the moment. 
I'm thrilled to hear about Spotify. I think they'll continue to be a bigger player and get bigger from there. But Google has me particularly excited because they have the attention of so many people on that search front. So I think their ability to grow and be a dominant player in this space is very, very likely and why I referenced I'm using their app at the moment. Mm -hmm. So interesting to hear that there's some exciting things on the way. Well, just to um, just to tease uh, that uh, out a little bit further, Charlie, um, Google's also doing transcription of podcasts on the back end. Um, so, it's not visible to any producer right now, but they're transcribing audio. And um, the reason for that is um, very similar to what they do with YouTube videos. Um, they're basically trying to index what's within non-written content um, and... What I expect to see, probably not in the next six months, but maybe around 12 months or maybe a little longer from now, is that you might search for a podcast. No, sorry, rather, you might search on Google for a term like um, how to remove a stain from my from my jeans. Um, and what, what Google will surface is, you know, some written articles from... Um, uh, from some how-to websites, um, maybe some YouTube videos, and then potentially some podcast episodes that, um, you know, maybe it's the Textiles podcast, for example. Um, and at seven minutes and 23 seconds, they do like a little segment where they talk about how to remove a stain from your jeans. And so, Google's indexed and made a transcript of that podcast. And so, when you click the link it will jump you to seven minutes and 23 seconds into that show uh, and you'll start hearing how to remove a stain from your jeans from the Textiles podcast. And you didn't even know the Textiles podcast existed until that very moment. Um, And you may not even listen to them again uh, moving on from there. But what we're going to start to see is genuine search engine optimization of podcasts, thanks to Google, over the next, you know, year or two. I'm excited. <laughs> just bluntly, I, I've just been looking forward to this for a long time. I mean, what you just referenced is like earlier this year with Spotify's acquisitions and then Google moving into this and then Apple placement of the app and how they're investing, the signs kind of point to podcasting becoming a bigger industry. It really, really does. And then, you know, Ira having 20 producers on This American Life, you know, another really great sign. So, I mean, I'll come back to where you think the industry is going in the future. I want to stay in promotion at the moment and get a little bit more tactical if we can. Sure. Yeah, you- I, I kind of ignored the whole second half of it um, because uh, we went on a bit of a tangent there. But so, um, yeah, the first half is distribution and making sure the show is available everywhere. The second half of promotion, our third pillar of podcasting, is amplification um, and, uh, and you know, basically shouting from the rooftops and telling people why they should listen uh, at the time of your show launch and then for every episode thereafter. And this is almost like a, a commitment that we ask um, the producers that we work with to make um, because, like we talked about, producing a great show is only one third of the the impact. So, it's really important that um, because people live busy lives, we need to show them why, uh, why uh, how and where to listen to this really great content. So, some tactical ways to do this. Um, we've seen social media is, is a great way to generate audiences um, and, uh, and engage with fans. Um, some shows that we work with have actually created private Facebook groups um, specifically for their podcast. Um, and so, they're kind of engaging with a subset of their audience within, uh, within social media as well. Um, email marketing, um, 
the once forgotten uh, uh, the once forgotten channel of uh, digital marketers, um, which I think um, is uh, is having its second heyday at the moment, is a really great way to promote podcasts because it's a direct way to get somebody's attention. Um, so uh, we see the brands that we work with, which have you know engaged fans in an email list, um, are able to launch a podcast in a, in a more successful way. Um, and then uh, there's a whole range of other stuff that you can do um, in a paid or or or, a, or an organic format. Um, so if we think about paid, uh, you know, running paid advertising on um, podcast apps. So there's a range of apps uh, that you can actually run advertising in. One of those is Spotify. Um, another one is Overcast. Overcast is the third biggest podcast app um, in the world right now. And you can run little banner ads um, for podcasts. And what's great is you know that people who use a podcast app are likely to listen to podcasts, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a perfect audience overlap. So, um, you can advertise in a specific category. Hey, I've got a show about health. Let's advertise in people who to people who listen to health podcasts. Um so that's a great way of uh, of promoting and growing a show. Um, there's a there's a few pitfalls I think that we sometimes see with this uh, amplification piece, and typically they're perpetrated by big media companies um, who don't have a lot of experience with podcasting, um, and who have. Uh, oh, how do I want to say this? Oh, he's treading carefully here. He's trying not to offend. <laughs> well, so it's 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 big media organisations that don't have a lot of experience with this um, because they don't understand the nuance of of the channel. You know, their experience um, is with doing massive brand campaigns and TV advertising and radio advertising to promote you know brands like Officeworks and Nab and Booper and these kinds of guys um, and. There's a specific way of doing that that works and that is effective from an advertising perspective. But when we talk about podcasts, we're asking people to invest time um, and a substantial amount of time, you know, potentially half an hour. Um, And it's a very specific uh, use case as well. You know, a a podcast is really magical because it allows the host to whisper in the ear of their listener. Uh, So, it's a very intimate channel. Um, and so, to earn that right, um, you need to talk uh, about it and amplify it in the right ways and in the right places. So, some of the pitfalls that I've seen in the past are, you know, um, organizations that have promoted their podcasts through display advertising. Um, we know that uh, display advertising has a, a fairly low click-through rate in general. Um, I heard a joke once that, um, uh, so I think that the average click-through rate on um, display advertising is 0.05%. Um, and uh, I heard this joke that was like, <laughs> it's almost a rounding error. Uh, so <laughs> it's a good <laughs> it's joke. Like, I like that. I like that a lot. To, to even to even you know get somebody to click is uh, you know with the advent of ad blockers and these kinds of things, um, uh, people are obviously ignoring display advertising um, more than ever. But more to the point. It's people aren't in the right mindset to listen to a podcast when they're reading something. You're kind of having to mix up the channel that they're using right now and get them to do something else. So, to interrupt them and ask them to, you know, basically switch um, media channels is is a really big ask. Um, some of the other mistakes we've seen are advertising on billboards and, um, you know, uh, radio advertising is, is another one that I find quite perplexing. I mean, if you think about the use case and- 
you'll probably get a sense from this whole discussion that we tend to take a very listener approach to everything we do. If I put myself in in the seat of a listener and I'm driving to work and I hear an ad for a really great podcast on the morning radio um, and I go, oh, great, I'm going to make a mental note for, for that podcast. I mean, what do I, am, do I, am I expected to remember that for the next half an hour drive before I get to work and then I stop and pull my phone out and immediately subscribe to this show? Or do I pull the car over in the middle of the freeway and subscribe to a show right there? You know, the, the the user journey just doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of advertising a show on radio or on billboards. If you have a substantial budget um, to promote a podcast in those kinds of channels, I would much recommend you um, run ads on uh, things like public transit ads, you know, on the indoor of trams or trains or buses where people are already sitting and using their phones. They're a captive audience um, and they have the ability to use their hands and, you know, not crash their car. So, that's one great way to do it. Um, Facebook ran a really great campaign uh, last year for a podcast they launched. Um, they put little ads on coffee sleeves. You know, people go get their morning coffee and there was a little uh, a link and, and a bit of an explanation about the, the podcast there. Um, but the most effective ways that we've seen of uh, growing podcasts are through people who already listen to podcasts. So, if you've got the budget for it, you can advertise your podcast on other shows with a similar audience. Um, you can do what we call a feed drop, which basically means you insert an episode of your show, like a full episode, into somebody else's podcast feed, usually, usually with like a little intro from the host saying, hey, our partners at such and such um, have this great show we think you'll like. Here's, um, here's a preview episode to hear the full thing, head to blah, blah, blah. Um, or to, um, to do the podcast rounds and, and be a guest on a range of other shows. Um, in the past, we've seen authors do really great uh, at promoting their books through doing the podcast circuit and, and you know, doing a range of different podcasts, uh, podca- podcast interviews in their particular channel. So, um, uh, we've seen a similar thing works for, uh, for, for promoting and growing uh, a show, um, you know, getting out there, telling people about it and, um, and delivering really great content um, and then, you know, spruiking your service uh, or, or your show at the end. Um, it's always important to deliver the value first um, and then the, the link back um, at the end. Otherwise, uh, people feel a bit duped. I couldn't agree more. And um, to, to lean in what you said there, Podcasting really is its own type of marketing. It is subtly different from radio or even video marketing, which are, I sit just to the sides of what is done here. Um, I particularly like your thinking around, you know, being in places where it's possible for a use case to do well, like someone having their phone. Although I must admit, I have pulled over on a freeway and subscribed to a show. You have. <laughs> I've, done, I've done that. I, I chuckled there. It was. I really wanted to see this guy's show. He blew me away. <gasps> must have been um, so a I'm, good ad. Must have been a really good ad. Yeah, but how many others? Did, how many other times did that happen that I didn't pull over? <laughs> so I'm still not saying it's efficient at all or, or possibly effective. But that particular one, it, it was really good. You've which, ruined my example forever now, Charlie. I can't uh, say that. I think I'm that. I think I'm that guy. I think, <laughs> <laughs> no, but even then, I, I still wouldn't say it's a sound um, way. But. Absolutely, we have to be thinking more tastefully there and there's some big mistakes by not being in a position to allow people to take action. Um, 
To go further though, I'd almost like your feedback on some points here. I think the huge opportunity exists at the moment you reference from here. One, if you're a podcaster advertising your podcast on other people's podcasts, I think the CPMs are severely low. I think there's a huge, uh, there's not enough people doing that where supply and demand works in your favor as the advertiser at the moment. Not sure how long this is going to be here. Feed drops, I actually think are really tasteful. I was really against it, but I think if you can get the endorsement and roll through like that, I think that's a very clever way to do things, which isn't abrupt. Um, So I'm I'm really liking that. Um, And then last but not least, like doing the rounds uh, and doing like as we're doing now, like having guests on or being on other people's shows tends to be way more native. Like I'll even, you know, for the listeners of this show is like if you did landed on Adam's website before hearing this, you would probably look at it very differently and feel it very differently towards it than looking at it after. And I think you really have that ability to make that effect by by doing the rounds. I still think that's my number one. Yeah, I I mean, the key lesson here um, is be listener-centric um, and understand uh, the audience context and do the work. Like, I, I've got this saying that I sometimes like to say, um, which is, it's not hard it's just hard work. So, like, these things are not difficult to do, difficult to execute once you know what you need to actually do, but you have to invest time and nuance and dedication and love and craft to make it successful. So, it's not hard, but it is hard work. You know, it's not hard to go on 20 podcasts, um, but it is hard work and it's, you know, a lot of time and organization and, and these kinds of things. It's not hard to run ads on other podcasts, Um if you've got a budget to do it, you know, uh, and, and the resources to know how to contact people. But it is hard work because you need to find shows that have a similar audience overlap um, that might want to listen to your show. You need to find hosts of those shows which are, you know, genuinely going to give you a honest, auth- uh, you know, an honest uh, recommendation and an authentic um, uh, throw to, to, to your show. Um, you need to engage with them and talk to them and tell them why this show is relevant to their audience. So, none of this stuff is difficult. None of this stuff is hard, but all of it is hard work. And I think the the main thing is the cream of the crop will rise to the top um, for those who are willing to be listener-centric, for those who are willing to consider the user journey and and, um, the behaviors of their listeners, and for those that are willing to put in the work. Absolutely. I, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I found myself agreeing with you a lot. And the reason I say that is I make an effort not to agree with my guests because I want to <laughs> create discussion points on things that I don't agree with. <laughs> um, but what's fascinating is um, I appreciate the thinking and logic you've put into uh, this space and it shows a lot of expertise. So, Adam, where can people go to learn more about what you're doing? Sure. Um, before before we before we wind up, is there anything that you did want to disagree with me on? I'd love to have a, a bit of uh, friendly banter on something. <laughs> I think I need to do a round two. I think this is something where you, we'll discuss this after, but I potentially see an invite to come back and we'll look at some points we can go deeper into again. Sure. Because I suspect um, there's a whole other topic or other things we could go into or deeper on these three Ps from there. Sure. All right. Well, I passed the Charlie test. <laughs> it's a high test. I have standards. I know. I know. Um, <clears throat> sure. So, the best place to go uh, to find out more about um, me and uh, and what Wavelength does is wavelengthcreative.com. 
and there you'll find um, a bunch of information about um, uh, the services we provide, um, the methodologies that we have, and um, and just generally uh, how we approach thinking about the podcast space. Um, because we think that you know this is going to be a really big part of uh, the media landscape in the future, and um, and we're really privileged to be a part of it. Excellent. And if you want to go head over and see this beautifully designed website. I'm not kidding when I say that. This is one of the nicest sites I've seen in a while. Please head over to there. We'll make sure to include a link in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Adam. Thank you, Charlie. It's been a lot of fun.